Hello, my name is Shrukh Lata and I am an engineer by day and belly dancer by night. Recently, I was named as one of the top young engineers in the UK, which was not something that I could have ever imagined when I was younger because, well, engineers normally look nothing like me. So in this series, I will interview some badass engineers who smash through those stereotypes. Today's guest is Dr. Shini Somara. She is originally a mechanical engineer and now she works in broadcast. Her book, Engineers Making a Difference, will be out on the 2nd of March. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Badass Engineers. I'm Shrikalata, an electronics engineering consultant, and your host and Badass Engineers, as always, is powered by RS Grassroots Education, Powering Tech, Empowering Youth. And today, I have an incredible guest, Dr. Shini Sumara. Hello. Hi. How are oh you? God, so great to see you. It's so amazing to see you. You look incredible. But also, thank you. <laughs> you introduce yourself to everybody who's watching. Well, hi everyone. My name is Dr. Shini Somara. I am originally a mechanical engineer and fluid dynamicist. Um, I now work in broadcast. So uh, I've been in science communication for quite a number of years now. So I've seen the transition from television to digital platforms. Um, and very excitingly, uh, my latest book comes out on the 2nd of March. So not long to go. Um, and super excited about that. What is it called? It's called Engineers Making a Difference. Here Engineers Making a Difference? Yeah. Yes, I'm so excited about that. It's full of badass engineers. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's a book that really tries to change the public perception of engineering, because I think, you know, there aren't many podcasts or shows like this one that really showcase engineers that are cool and like a bit unconventional. So I, I love what you're doing here. And there's a kind of the same ethos going on in the book. <laughs> I, I, I love everything you do. So we actually met at AFBE Live and, and I learned about your work and I was just in awe. So I know that you've worked on Al Jazeera and BBC doing engineering shows, doing tech shows. And how did how did you make that transition? Um, well, it's kind of funny because if I was to look back, given all of my experiences going from one career to another, um, I would probably be a bit tentative about making the same decisions because mm. I had to take giant leaps of faith. You know, all I knew was engineering. Mm. I um, did my maths, my physics, A-level. I also did English. Um, but I did my A-levels. Nice. I got into Brunel University. I did mechanical engineering and that was three years. And then I went straight on to do my doctorate, which was four and a half years in the end. And all I knew was kind of engineering. And then when I was doing my doctorate, you know how, you know, when you're doing research, you have to go to conferences and you have to tell people about your research and you end up like mixing with the global experts in your field and I loved being able to explain my research, mm -hmm. um, not just to experts, but to, to people that were interested. Um, and my research was very visual because fluid dynamics is software that allows you to visualize how gases and liquids flow. 
Wow, that's, that's really cool. For, it's really useful for designing aircraft wing, Formula One cars, even looking at how air flows around circuits, which is your bag. Um, <laughs> so Fluid Dynamics is super, like, it's real engineering eye candy. And what I wanted to do was kind of make that part of engineering, Fluid Dynamics, visual, so that I could explain to people how it worked, because I love explaining things. Yeah, wow. Um, so I've got a comment. By the way, everybody, we can see your comments live. So if you have any questions, feel free to put them in the comments and we'll answer them live on the episode. Uh, and I can see a message from Fabio saying, really cool book. I love the book and I love the cover and I can't wait for it to be out. Thank you. Yeah, it's not long to go now. It's taken me two years to write this. Um, I wish I'd known you when I was writing it. <laughs> you would have been in there. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's two years of kind of gathering together some really amazing people and learning more about the different aspects of engineering because there's so much to engineering, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So many themes. Um, and I tried to do that with the book. Um, but yeah, I feel like I didn't answer your question earlier, which is how did I get into media? Because, you know, when you make that leap, you know, of going from what you've always known, where you've been trained, you know, my dad's an engineer, so I kind of felt like I knew that whole world. Yeah, then jump the family. Yeah, to, to then jump into something that was completely alien to me, like media is just not something that my family is involved with. You know, they mm. cringe taking photos at Christmas, you know. Um, but I just knew that I wanted to be able to bring STEM subjects to everyone. And so I ended up, you know, television at the time was the biggest platform for yeah. talking about things. Um, so I, one step at a time, you know, doing internships and like various little jobs here and there, I built up experience and, you know, it's taken time. Uh, but but did that sort of delivery, you know, because you have to be very good at communication, you have to be very good at delivery. Did that come naturally to you or is it something that you had to learn? No, I was super shy. Um, no. I'm still described as shy, actually. People that really know the real me um, know that I'm very shy. And I don't know what it is, but there's something about being able to explain things that just really brings me out of my shell. Um and uh, so I had to learn how to communicate because when you do a doctorate, you spend a lot of time on your own Yeah, and uh, it can make you quite reclusive. Mm-hmm. And so I really did crawl into this like fluid dynamics cave for four and a half years. Um, if I'm honest, I had a little bit of social anxiety because I just, I, I just was kind of immersed in data and algorithms and it was mm. very um, intense. Um, And so I had to do various things to try and bring out my communication skills. So one of them was um, going to schools with an Enigma machine, you know, an old World War II. Like a proper Enigma machine. Yeah, an actual like antique. Um, And uh, and explain to young students how this coding machine worked during World War II. And... uh, you know, when you're in front of a young audience, that's really when you learn how to communicate because you've got to keep their attention, you know. 
Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I think I, I definitely would have never thought that you had to fight social anxiety and, and that you had to learn that delivery method and you had to learn that amazing communication that just looks like comes naturally and, and flows so easily for you. Yeah. So it's, it's really nice to hear. And thank you for being honest about that as well. No, I mean, it took years and it took practice. Um, but the truth is, you know, you'll know this from the changes you've made in your own mm. career that, you know, you have to have certain skill sets to do certain things. Mm -hmm. And when I was doing the doctorate, um, my work was very much about spotting patterns in numbers. And so I became really focused on detail, subtleties, um, my brain was like really analytical and, and, and these are not necessarily skills I need today. Like I don't, today I'm not about focusing in on specific technical accurate details. Today I'm more, I take a more macroscopic view. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not trying to make sure that I'm articulating in the most accurate way. I'm actually doing the opposite. I'm trying to use a language that engages people mm. it may not be accurate um i mean it may not be uh specific so i'll give you yeah. an example instead of saying equivalent to which in engineering means something it actually has a symbol like three lines instead of yeah. an equal yeah, line, yeah. three lines and equivalent to is you know in media i would just say it's the same as you know yeah, that's yeah, yeah. The translation you would make so specific terms become quite generalized. Yeah. And that was quite a painful process to like need to needing to be extremely spe specific and then needing to be extremely general. General. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, so I think I've had a similar thing, but but, but the opposite. I think I, I think I've always been sort of a general person and whenever I've been writing something uh that's scientific or engineering um related i i would have to learn the opposite if that makes sense but but i i love electronics there's nothing that makes me want to get up in bed in the morning more than my work uh but i've definitely had to learn sort of the way uh certain people in the industry have to speak and expect you to speak and and sometimes I've really put my foot down and I was like this this is not how I talk this is not how I'm gonna talk what I'm saying is is, is still valid using those simple terms that anybody would understand right but um anyway I don't know if you've seen a badass engineers episode before but we have a I've bag famous bag yeah <laughs> we yes. have a bag do you want to know what's inside this bag I do so inside the bag are random questions from our lovely audience and some of them are from me as well. Uh, but I literally have no idea which one's gonna come out. So are you ready to check the first question? Can you keep the bag afterwards? Because it's kind of- yeah. <laughs> I'll okay. send it to you in the post. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go for the first question. Du -du 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 -du. Okay. This question says, what would you change about the industry? That's a big question. Yeah, it's a big question and it's a really important fundamental question. Um, what I would like to change about the industry is really the inspiration for this book that is coming out because 
Um, when I graduated, I was 24 years old, so very, very young, highly qualified um, and not very experienced. And at that time, the industry didn't have as much diversity and inclusion as it has today. Mm -hmm. um, and it was overwhelming, you know, when you're trying to prove yourself you know you're a new graduate and you want to be taken seriously and you want to make an impact and do good work and actually you don't look like everyone else so you have to try that bit harder mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. you know what it led to was kind of me um eventually kind of feeling like I didn't really fit in there was a bit of imposter syndrome stuff going on I think it's difficult um, as a young woman to feel strong and empowered amongst a group of older men. Mm. That's, that was my experience. Um, and, you know, add all those experiences up. And over the years, I got quite exhausted by that environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was very representative of what the industry was like back then. Um, and it also gave me a massive motivation to try and change the industry, to try and encourage more diversity, to speak up. I felt like I actually had a duty to speak up so that other girls and underrepresented groups could see me having gone through the process of um, becoming an engineer yeah. and hopefully say to themselves maybe I can do it if she can do it maybe I can do it mm. um and that motivation and inspiration to change the industry has continued all throughout my career um and it's not just to make younger girls or underrepresented groups feel like they can exist in engineering but it's also to help the industry because who wants an industry that is governed by a homogenous group of people absolutely but also not 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 just that we're we're telling sort of creative people that they don't belong in engineering so we're missing out on all of these creative ideas right exactly um but has that work ever got too much so uh, if i'm being honest i'm tired of it feeling like it's my duty mm. and i'm tired of looking at the people who don't have to do that work in order to be successful in their career. So, ha so has it ever been too much for you or, ha or has it always been something that keeps you going and something that gives you the energy? Because you also have a, a podcast, right? And yeah. that's a lot of work, right? Yeah, and you know, I got to a point where I had to ask myself, am I doing this podcast because I want to somehow get something back financially or you know I, I want to accomplish something in some way and and the the truth was that I was doing the podcast because I, I literally wanted to hear from other women yeah that's so beautiful and, and so if I didn't make money from it that was fine I still wanted to talk to these women anyway and so I've ended up having to um, strip away a lot of things that were ambition led mm -hmm. and actually do things that felt right in my in my gut you know like I, yeah. I want to do things because this is what I want to have in the world 
as something that I've created, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I do have a podcast called Esteemed Women now, and it's actually gone through a few different names. Um, the first one, the first name was Silence because women were too scared to reveal their identity. I didn't know that was the original name. Wow. Yeah, so five years ago, it was called Silence, spelled S-C-I-L-E-N-C-E. -E. Um, That's so powerful and, to, and to know the story. And that was because women said, I'll talk to you about what it's like being a woman in STEM, but there's no way I want people to know that it's me. Wow. Talking. So, so that was like an interesting thing. Um, and yeah, so I, um, you made a point earlier and I can't remember what it was, but it was really, um, it was really powerful. Your question started with something very powerful. Was it about, I don't have time anymore? <laughs> was, it about, I, was it about, I'm burnt yeah. out from the diversity work? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, I've experienced that tiredness, but actually today, um, I don't let it exhaust me because I now see myself as being in a very lucky position that I have something unique to bring to the table. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, it, it's, I'm sure you're going to feel this if you haven't already, but it's a real privilege to be so different that you can represent uniqueness you know yeah and, and yes that can be draining because there's a lot of pressure on um the unique individual but it's also such a gift yeah you know? I, I definitely see both points so I, I I I do feel you know oh isn't it isn't that great but but I also see the the people who don't have to work this hard for it and you know they have really fulfilling careers and 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 they've they've gone up the career ladder without fighting for anything and honestly i'm i'm jealous uh if if i'm being completely honest i'm jealous i'm jealous that uh they yeah some people don't have to do that day in day out and literally it is day in day out because existing in the industry means that you deal tiny 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 microaggressions all day every day uh which is i guess part of the reason I, I've gone into consulting and gone into sort of building my own company uh, because however, you know, brilliant the company mission is or however brilliant the product you're working on is, it's still within that same industry, which makes it really difficult sometimes. But I'm glad people like you exist. <laughs> well, I'm really glad people like you exist because, um, you know, if everyone looked and behaved the same way, it would just be really boring. Yeah. You know, I mean, the people in my book I've chosen specifically because I want to show that there is diversity in the industry because I, I, engineering, you know, my motivation for going into engineering at grassroots level was because my dad is an engineer. Yeah. And I kind of just grew up thinking that that's the way you think, you know, you solve problems and, and, um, and, the idea that the actual industry wasn't as exciting as the way I saw it to be growing up um, was disappointing. You know, mm -hmm. I want to meet engineers like you. It just makes life so much more interesting to hear all your different interests and how they all work together. And the innovation and the creativity and the, the unusualness of what 
will result from your like thinking mm. is exciting like it's like kind of watch this space I don't want to hear about bog standard solutions no I'm I'm completely with you on that and the things that I've seen are being developed by electronics engineers and and beyond electronics engineers uh who come from a different background are so exciting so exciting mm -hmm. just because you know we haven't traditionally in, uh, encouraged these people into the subject so we haven't had the chance to see their ideas and now now hopefully we can see this is uh, like this is where the dynamic buzzy innovative vibrant stuff exists you know and this is the way the world is heading we are constantly looking for innovation and i'm just not interested in people that don't have that sort of like wider perspective mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. all the solutions technological solutions i've reported on for television have come about because of much more global thinking you know a mixture of perspectives you know that's that's where the cool stuff is your career is so cool i i love it i love it um are you ready for another question from the back let's go for it the badass engineer's back it has a new theme song now i should uh maybe do a <laughs> career in singing um this question is from Hannah Esso, and it says, do you miss your pre-media work? I don't know what your pre-media yeah, work kind of look, yeah. Yeah, and whenever I go and sort of like report on something, um, there are certain, there are certain uh, stories that I cover where I'm like, oh, I used to be in the position you were in. And, you know, I miss all of that research. I'm fundamentally at my core a researcher. You know, yeah. I love learning, um, experimenting, testing, prototyping, all of that stuff and kind of just acquiring knowledge. Um, and I really do miss that. But, you know, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing and do that kind of research because I, I really, you know, when I crawled into my fluid dynamics cave, I had to be there. There's no way I would have got my doctorate if I was mm -hmm. doing what I do today, because it's just it's almost like a different kind of part of my brain. Um, I mean, back then I was doing classical ballet on the side of my um, my I research. I didn't know. That's amazing. And it was kind of like, yeah, you know, you do your research and then you leave and you put your point shoes on and you kind of switch off. Um, so it was like, shut one thing down, start another thing. Whereas I wouldn't be able to do, uh, deep research mm -hmm. and it's just, it would require too much of a giant mental shift. Yeah. I think I, I think I kind of get it because, so we spoke to, um, Dr. Merritt Moore on last season, uh, and she was talking about how it's really nice doing quantum physics, uh, physics and also being a professional ballerina because they're so different yeah. it's one sort of gives you the energy to do the other and vice versa yeah uh, but yeah yeah and what I do today actually is a kind of marriage of the two extremes mm -hmm. because I get to have really technical conversations with people that spend their careers doing something 
And then my job is almost like a translator. Mm. Um, and that's how I spend the best part of my day is like, how do I turn something that would typically fly over people's heads into something that is really digestible and interesting and engaging? Yes. Um, and that takes time to do yes. that translation. So, so, you know, it isn't a kind of shut down one, start another. It's literally, this is the job. You know? This is the wheel. This is it's it's literally I feel so when people can put something so complicated in, in easy to understand simple terms, it means that they truly understand it. They're not hiding behind jargon. Uh, and there's it, an Einstein uh, quote in there somewhere. Say if again. I think there's an Einstein quote in there. If you can't explain something simply, then you don't understand it well enough. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know it, but I, I, I like it and I agree with it. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Are you ready for another question from the back? Go for it, yeah. Hey! <laughs> Can I be, like, biased about questions? I want to, like... <laughs> okay, I'm going to choose... questions you want to ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I, I can't control the bag. Also me. Can I be biased about the questions from the bag? <laughs> Okay, so this question is from Matt Venn, friend of the show. Hello, Matt. Uh, what is it like writing a book? I want to know the answer to that question. This was the question I wanted to ask because I want to write a book to Dr. Shitty Samara. You've got Tell time. More. You've got time. Um, <laughs> writing a book is uh, a really full-on experience. I feel like the PhD was my first book, and that was 400 pages. Um, but... Um, this book has, I mean, two years went so quickly um, because, you know, again, like the, the PhD, you map everything out, mm -hmm. so, you know, week one to week 10, like, you, you know, everything is just scheduled. And so before you know it, two years has gone past and you've got this book. Um, but this particular book has been um, such a wonderful project because I'm working with people you know I the book is very much about engineers journeys into mm -hmm. engineering so you know there are professors in the book there are apprentices technicians and everyone's got a really interesting story not always as you would think you know a lot of people think that to get into engineering you've got to be great at maths and physics. Yeah. Not all my engineers have that story. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was really nice because I, I love talking to people and finding out, you know, about others. Um, so it was different writing this book because it was more like um, a series of interviews that got turned into text. Um Whereas nice. other books I've written have required deep research. Yeah. Um, and How so, many books have you written? Because you also wrote children's book as well, right? Yeah. So this is my seventh book. Um, and yeah, the two before that were kind of very much like physics research. Right. And then uh, the four before my very first four books were for such a young audience. It was kind of, I think it's tougher writing for really young audiences I believe it. it it's also the most impactful right I hope so because the reason why I started writing children's books is because I was asked to do talks to young girls young women um to try and 
get them into engineering. But when I say young women, I'm I'm sort of talking about 11 and over. And Mm. almost by that age, they've made their minds up that engineering and STEM is not for them. So the reason why I did children's books is because I wanted to break stereotypes way earlier because people kept asking me, well, how come you got into engineering? And it's like, well, because I was raised by an engineer. Mm -hmm. So from the beginning, it's like it was normalized that a girl like me could go into engineering. But not everyone has that. And so those books that I wrote, they're super cute. Let me see if I can... um, I'll try and dig one out in a sec, but like yeah. they're just really, um, they try and break the stereotypes because the main characters are very unconventional. Let me grab it. Okay, I'm excited. While you grab that, I'm going to grab another question. Da, da, da. It's in a language that I'm not quite, I can't remember what language this is. Is Maybe. this Korean? Maybe, but it's a little brown girl. And the title of this book is An Engineer Like Me in Korean. Maybe. I love it. I love it so much. Please, so, if you know what what language this is, let us know in the comments. Yeah, let us know. I love it. I've seen. I've seen. Yeah, I've just. I've seen all of your work, and I. I love how different everything is. So I've also seen you do. Um, what's that really famous guy who uh did like the the car show with Jeremy? Or something? Oh, I'm so. <laughs> Yeah, that one. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm so good at media. <laughs> but yeah, you did some work with some uh, really well-known people and you're super well-known and you, you also do books and you also do the, the actual mechanical engineering bits too. It's just so varied. How, how do you think you've managed to do all of these different things? And this is not the question. <laughs> this is not the question <laughs> from the bag. Like I'm just being biased. Thing. You're just, you've got a little other bag somewhere and you're just like, uh. um, I think uh, I just, I work really hard. You know, my family and my friends and my partner will tell you that like, I just work nonstop. So like, I love, I love my work. And so yeah. I put a lot of time into it and um, everything I do, I, I just do with all my, with everything I've got, you know, mm. um, and so, like, maybe that's a little bit perfectionistic <laughs> because I'm like, I just can't let things go unless they're good, you know. And um, it's been quite difficult, actually, with my podcast because I really do that as a passion project. And yeah. my time to be able to do that is just getting more and more squeezed. And so sometimes yeah. I, I, you know, it's not the best editing or the best standards, whatever, but, you know, ultimately I've got to juggle um but yeah uh I don't know I um everything I do I'm I honestly love doing it and I wouldn't ever allocate time to things that I don't enjoy yeah Yeah. that's that's uh so nice to hear because that's why I did the move that I've done recently which is a massive move but yeah everything I'm doing now are are things I love uh I've also I have ADHD so I can't do the same thing for three years I I can't uh so it's it's really nice to have the freedom to be able to choose what you work on and something that really makes you happy but I I do have the same problem which is I'm working seven day weeks (laughs) 
I'm not stopping work. Uh, like my partner has to really help me do the social thing and do the friend thing, and that's not healthy. But yeah, I'm working it's on it. Engineer thing because I'm like sometimes I'll just completely forget to like eat or call friends or you know I can get so immersed in something um and I'm also like quite sensitive to outside noise or stimulation yeah. like I I standard travel around with earplugs me too I just like I get so like distracted and yeah. I like being in like a little sound pocket of silence and things and you know what like I I can't do my washing without something in my like I can't do something if I'm gonna get distracted by something else like I I just have such a (laughs) very distracted but also single focus if that makes sense yeah, sounds like we're the same. I know we've really we've really gone over the time. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> yes. Can I ask my last question anyway? Why not? We're here. <laughs> I have a choice. No, I love chatting to you. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, don't feel like you have to stay more than 20 minutes. Also me 40 minutes later. Yeah, like three Thank hours you. later. <laughs> there's one question out of the bag. Out of the bag. <laughs> Uh, so this question is from Innocentia Malungu. I hope I said that right. I'm so sorry if I didn't. Please let me know how to pronounce it in the comments if you can. And it says, how can tech be used to tackle climate change? I'm really trying to do some tech for good. So please let me know. Well, that's a giant question. Um, and it's actually uh, a project that I started uh, for a new uh, media thing that I'm doing um, because yeah I um, I'm super interested in climate solutions um, and there are so many ways um, to mitigate um, to reverse the effects of climate change uh, mm. that we've caused and so I mean there's just such a variety out there I wouldn't even know where to start to just I mean let me just pick out the things that are really exciting at the moment. Um, yeah. I think hydrogen is really, really exciting. Mm. Um, there's a lot of research going on in that space. And then there's like some really cool like tech that's creative and unusual, you know, ice sheets normally uh, bounce, well, sunlight bounces back off them, right? Yes. But the fact that ice sheets are shrinking means that a lot of solar radiation is absorbed, uh-huh. which doesn't help climate, you know, change or it doesn't help global warming because, you know, the globe is warming, yes. the ice sheet is shrinking, there's less ice to bounce rays off. And like, it's just like this horrible cycle. Um, so one thing that I stumbled across recently is this idea of like sprinkling these um, particles, like large, let's just say golf ball type things, sprinkling that where the ice used to be. And those um, those kind of like ping pong ball, golf ball type things would reflect solar radiation. So okay. it's kind of like replacing the ice, just kind of- Like where would you put that? So in the poles. 
like ah. in the in those like sprinkle that kind of stuff um in the poles this because the ice caps are melting explaining it say again sprinkle, this is a very untechnical way of explaining it like sprinkle uh, that stuff on the poles you know bounce that and that's what we're here for but it's like just as a concept yes yeah. like that is so cool like these big ideas which are grounded in simple principles which could make a difference to climate change you know and we hear so much about the problems but i don't think we hear much about the technology that's going to help um and that's something i really want to delve into but i are you hopeful do you think we're gonna die because of because of global warming or do you think humans are gonna get their stuff together and fix it well i love that you asked that question because you know the book engineers making a difference really does want to focus on the fact that engineers are really passionate about making mm. a difference which is different from the kind of business finance side of things where it's about making money mm -hmm. so i think we have the ideas the concepts the technology potentially to save us but it's whether we pay for it and whether mm -hmm. we invest in it that will be the obstacle um and you know don't get me started on that subject because it's like when you see massive disasters tragedies um devastation caused by climate change mm. and you've just read about some amazing engineering project that could have prevented all that um it's just heartbreaking because i know that you know engineers really are the superheroes of society they're unsung superheroes um and engineers can help save us um but we just need to be given a bit more recognition so that our ideas can shine through yeah Yeah, we need the right economy and we need we need to be supported with 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 our ideas. Yeah, I can't wait to read your book. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Shini Sumara. And thank also, thank you so much, Iris Grassroots Education, because I can't I can't do this podcast without the support. And I really, really admire what you're doing, Dr. Shini, Shini Sumara, with your projects. Um, so I, I please also check out uh, Dr. Shani Samara's podcast, uh, and I yeah can't wait for the for the book. Uh, and thank you for giving up a lot more of your time than than we thought today uh, just to speak to me. Thank you so much for having me on this show. It's really cool to be on a show that had a quantum physicist and a ballerina. Ah, <laughs> part of the club, and a Dr. Shani Samara. <laughs> thank oh. you it's my pleasure and it's my honor and thank you everybody for listening in and see you for the next episode of badass engineers bye masalama badass engineers was created and hosted by stroke avatar sponsored by rs grassroots education empowering tech and empowering youth this week's guest was dr shini somara this episode was edited by cole kylie music was by easy davis and artwork was by charlotte wozniak